Hi guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Nick Egan Times. We have an awesome guest. We have Alana Pinsky, who has her own podcast called Shamelessly Unapologetic, where her guests and her chat about things that are that are unapologetic for um, everyone in the growth that comes from their experiences. They dive into dating, sex, work, friends, toxic stuff, and their lives and everything else in between. Welcome, Alana, and thanks for coming on my podcast. Yes, Nick, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Welcome. Um, how's it all going over there? How's COVID impacted your life and how's it generally been? Oh my gosh. COVID has definitely made my life a huge roller coaster. So beginning of 2020, I had gotten a new job and I had left San Francisco back in January because I had lost a job in November and that obviously wasn't COVID related. So I moved back to San Francisco after getting a new job from Virginia. And then three weeks later, after I started that new job, after moving back across the country twice, mind you, I got laid off. And that was very frustrating for me. And then I was able to find another job about a month later, but it was only a part-time contract job. And so it was enough to kind of help me get by. And then I was also shopping for Instacart as well because I really needed the money. And as you may know, San Francisco is a very expensive place to live. It's one of the most expensive cities in America. So I was doing everything in my power to make it work. I did not want to go back to living in Virginia with my parents as that's a very miserable experience for me. So then in November, that job laid me off, but that wasn't COVID related. It was due to like budgeting issues and they couldn't continue my contract anymore, even though it was supposed to go until uh, what January and then I was also preparing for a bodybuilding competition and COVID impacted that by not allowing me to go to a gym because the gyms in San Francisco were closed so I had to do all of my prep and training from home and I feel like that kind of impacted my physique yes I still lost weight which was great but I always felt like what if I had the gym would my physique be any better and so it was the 3rd of July and I was six weeks out from my show. The show was supposed to be the 8th of August. And it got postponed for another couple of weeks back. And so then I was on prep for even longer. And the show ended up being on the 26th of September. But I guess the good thing was is that it gave me more time to prepare. But I was just like, ugh, my body is exhausted. I don't want to be dieting for this longer anymore. I was already so exhausted. So it impacted me in that way. And then, of course, after my show ended, the gyms in San Francisco opened back up for a little bit, only for them to close in November. So it was only open for like a month and a half. And I guess as the cases got worse, uh, they decided to reshut the city down again. And then... Yeah, so it's been a hot mess in San Francisco. And just recently, I moved to Portland, but I'm only living in Portland just for four months because with all the financial strain that 2020 put me through, I got myself into a shitload of debt. And living in Portland will definitely be really helpful for me. And it's great because I just started a new job that pays really well. It's definitely the highest paying position that I've ever had. So this is kind of me trying to restart um, from 2019 that I didn't get in 2020. So I'm on the road to just paying my debt off from all the financial mess that COVID put me through. And yeah, it's it's been a ride, Nick. <laughs> That's cool. That's great insights. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, tell me about your story and your life. So from where you grew up to obviously where you are now in Portland. 
Yeah, so I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. And I was never really happy with my childhood. Um, I guess I would say preschool and kindergarten was probably the most decent part because I went to two Jewish private schools and I wasn't bullied or anything like that. And it wasn't until public school where I experienced a lot of bullying and I developed a lot of mental health problems early on. I developed trichotillomania and that was something that I was made fun of for. And if you don't know what trichotillomania is, it's a hair pulling disorder. It started off with my eyebrows and my eyelashes. And then it wasn't until maybe like end of middle school, early high school, I started going for like the top of my head, like this part back here on my crown. And so I've been living with that ever since. I've gotten made fun of for being Jewish. So experiencing a little bit of anti-Semitism as well. But people were very mean to me growing up. And it's made me really resent my hometown. I never want to go back. I also find Virginia to just be a very dull and boring place to live, especially my hometown. And I just wasn't happy. So I knew like I had to get away. I needed to get away from all the people that I went to middle school, elementary school and high school with. So college kind of gave me that start, that fresh beginning to getting another chance at life, starting over. Nobody knows a single thing about me. Thankfully, many people from my High school didn't go to the university that I attended for my undergrad. And I was able to make friends. I wasn't being treated like crap by my peers. And it just got so much better for me in college. And then I went to grad school after that. And grad school was such a dark time in my life. Very unhappy. It was really hard to make friends. Um, And I kind of felt like I wasted my time a little bit. But you know what? There were some things that I gained out of it. Like I gained some research experience. I'm very proud of the thesis that I did while I was there. And then it wasn't until August 2015, so a couple of days before my last first day of school was going to be, I went to San Francisco with my family. And I fell in love with the city. So I lived in San Francisco for four years, and after all the COVID stuff happened, that's when I decided, okay, I need to be realistic with myself. I just, I can't afford to live in SF right now. So I wanted to see where could I live that wouldn't require me to have a car and would be more cheaper than San Francisco, and that's when I discovered Portland. And I had never visited Portland ever, but I heard great things about it. And I started my housing search, and now I'm here in a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house. And it's been really great. I'm in a really nice and quiet neighborhood. I have a big old master bathroom, which I really like. Or master bedroom, but the bathroom in itself is really nice, which is what I was trying to say. And it's been really great, and I'm saving a lot more money in rent. And that's been really reassuring. And I just started my new job this past week. And so far, it's been really good. I've definitely been in environments where work has been toxic. My first startup was very toxic. And this this startup has been a lot more laid back. And that's been really awesome. And that's kind of how I'm here today. That's where I am here today. Sure, great. Thanks for sharing. And yeah, I've been to Poland. I like the city. It's nice. You've been there before? Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Um, what was your specifics when you studied at college? What, I'm sorry, what was that? What was the specifics you studied at college? 
Like, what was I studying yeah. or what made me yeah. decide on my college? Okay, so, well, I started off as a biology major. I originally wanted to go into veterinary medicine. And as I was taking biology courses, I wasn't doing very well. And it's a very hard major. And then I decided to change my major to human services five days before my junior year started. Oh, my God. And I still managed to graduate on time. So the way that I ended up pulling that off was that first semester of my junior year, I was taking 18 credits. And then my second semester was 17 credits. And I had to take some courses over the summer to catch up with my major. And thankfully, I had most of the gen eds out of the way. So that was a plus. But yeah, that's how I ended up doing it is I just had to take a lot of classes. And as I had changed my major, I decided I wanted to go into marriage and family therapy. And that's when I started applying to MFT programs my senior year of college. I applied to four schools. Two of those schools invited me to interviews. Unfortunately, I didn't get into any of the MFT programs. But the University of Kentucky, which is where I ended up going to, um, even though I got invited to an interview for the MFT program, what they do is if you get that interview, you still get accepted into the department. So there's like an alternative track that you can take in case you don't get into the MFT program. So that's what happened to me. And I decided to take that alternative track. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of regret it because I wasn't getting any kind of clinical experience. I even reapplied to the MFTA program, and then I went through the whole interview process again. And then they waitlisted me, and I'm thinking, what the hell? I'm in this program already. I know everyone in the department. I have a thesis picked out. I know everyone. I have proof that I can take grad courses well and I can make a grade. What gives? And... I didn't get any kind of feedback, which was really unfortunate, except for oh, I was just in a competitive class. And I'm thinking, I'm competitive enough. What made me not competitive? It, it didn't make sense. So in May, I officially got rejected, and that stung. And that's basically what put me into a dark place, as I mentioned earlier. I was depressed. I had to go to therapy because my self-confidence and self-worth was really shot. I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I felt like I was seeing my dreams crumble right in front of me. Okay, and perfect. now I have this master's degree in family sciences that I'm not even using. <laughs> yeah, that's great insights and thanks for sharing. Um, what, what inspires you daily? So what pushes you? Yeah, I would say a big thing that really inspires or just motivates me daily is the fact that there's always something that I can bring to the world. And I'm the kind of person who always has a lot of positive energy. I'm a very optimistic. And I love being able to put that out in the world. One of the things that keeps me motivated is my YouTube channel and my podcast that I recently launched in uh, November. And that's something that I love doing. I've, I found passions. So I would say the passions that I've created and discovered over the past few years keeps me going because it's something that makes me happy. Also fitness and trying to live a better and healthier lifestyle that keeps me motivated. It keeps me happy. It keeps me, it keeps me going. Amazing. Um, have you done much traveling internationally or domestically? So the only travel that I've done internationally, I went on a cruise when I was 
or 10 or 11 years old to the Caribbean. So we went to Mexico, Haiti, Jamaica, Cayman Islands. And I think that's it. And then in 2011, I went to Israel. I did a birthright trip. And that was really fun, but I haven't been out of the country since then. It's just, it's been tough. Like, I want to travel more, and Australia is on my list of places to go to along with New Zealand. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand ever since I was a child. Um, but with all the jobs that I've had, I haven't been able to afford it because I think, as you know, traveling is so expensive, and it hasn't been a priority for me. But every once in a while, I do domestically travel I think the last place that I traveled to that wasn't my hometown in Virginia, I want to say was Philadelphia, New York. I had some family up there, so that was really fun. I guess that was Thanksgiving of last year. Um, I really liked Nashville when I went into 2018. I went to Texas in 2016 for a friend's wedding. But yeah, I guess with, and then also with the pandemic, haven't done any traveling, as you may know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I guess you could say now I've traveled or not traveled, but moved to Portland. But this is like a whole new city that I'm experiencing right now. So it kind of feels like I'm on a vacation, even though it's not a vacation. Yeah, for sure. Great insights. Tell me about your podcast. Yeah, totally. So you definitely gave a very good description about it in the beginning of the show. But yeah, what kind of inspired me to do the podcast is that I have a lot on my mind. I'm not going to lie. I'm the kind of person that likes to complain and vent. I feel like I've kind of been done dirty a lot of times in my life. And the podcast is kind of like the best way to where I wanted to express my frustrations with my life. And I brought on guests who have had similar life experiences to me and we can talk about it together. So I'm very unapologetic and I'm going to be shameless about what I say. Everything's unfiltered. I curse. I have a foul mouth. I'm going to talk about things that are inappropriate and more taboo. And I'm not, I'm not sorry about it because I'm tired of being kept in this bubble that society wants everything to be so modest and filtered. And that's not me. That makes me uncomfortable to be censored and to be told that I need to act and behave a certain way. And I feel like I can't be my true and authentic self by doing that. And that's why I started my podcast, Shamelessly Unapologetic. So it's a place where we can talk about things that have just done us wrong, whether it's been like relationships, love, sex, work, toxic situations, friends, family, that have all done us wrong, or other things that have really pissed us off and that we want to talk about it. And we're not afraid to stand our ground and share our experiences and how we've kind of pushed through it all. Excellent. What does the future look like for Alana? What does the future look like for Alana? That's a great question. You know, the thing is, I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. In a job interview, you always get asked this question, where do you see yourself in five years? And honestly, shit, I don't know. Like, life is always changing. I mean, ideally, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to be married eventually with kids. I turned 29 not too long ago, but it's crazy how this year, 2021, I'm going to be turning 30. And that just blows my mind in itself. And so, yeah, I would, I would love to have a family of my own. I hope that, you know, I'm more settled and established financially and that I'm still in the Bay Area because that is my home. I've developed such a big life there. But at the same time, there could be another event that changes to maybe where I do want to permanently leave the Bay Area. But when I'm still young and single, 
there's really no need for me to kind of move to a place that's very, very suburban-y where other families are. And that was like one of the reasons as to why I chose San Francisco in the first place. But yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say where I'm going to be because life is constantly changing. I, I still hope I have my job. I also cool. would love to be a full-time content creator. I think deep down, the real thing that I want to do with my life is to be a full-time content creator with my YouTube channel, my podcast, even my OnlyFans, and being able to make my revenue from just social media. Just because I'm the kind of person who's very independent, I don't like being told what to do. I like having control of my own destiny, and I feel like working from somebody else doesn't really give me that kind of opportunity. But I will say right now, I do like my job that I currently have. I do feel like I am being treated with respect. Um, fingers crossed it stays that way. I just had yeah. such bad luck with other jobs in the past where I wasn't treated fairly. And they don't keep me employed for things that are not my fault. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's what I would like to be in the future. But I don't know if that will happen. But I stay hopeful. Excellent. If you were 18 again? And you could change stuff, what would you change? If I could change anything? Yeah, if you're 18 again and you could change something, what would you change? Hmm. I think I would change how I reacted to situations from my past. Growing up as a kid, I never really knew how to defend myself and... I was a very vulnerable person. People loved to take advantage of my vulnerabilities. And I always resulted to like violence and to just not being able to use my words properly. I wish that I could go back and tell my younger self, these people are treating you like this because they're either jealous or they're insecure and they're projecting their own insecurities onto you. And I wish I could tell teenage Alana that and tell her, this is how you need to react to these situations. Do not give people these kinds of attention. Just ignore them, walk away. And I didn't know how to do that. And I really wish that, what if I had done all of this? Would it had given me more power to handle these kinds of situations and to not let bullying scar me that the way that it has? Yeah, that's amazing. A massive respect for you for yeah everything that you've obviously gone through as a younger person. I think you're on a great trajectory in life. I think you're very strong. So, yeah, massive respect to you. Um, Thank you so much. Welcome. Where do you see the future of the United States headed going into the future, oh, just generally speaking? <laughs> well, I am glad to say that I'm happy Trump's out of office. Um you know, Biden wasn't my original pick for a president. I loved Elizabeth Warren. I would have loved to have seen a female president. But, you know, it is what it is. I am hopeful that Biden will kind of clean up Trump's mess. It's going to take a very, very long time to do that. Um, I hope that the United States just becomes a smarter. I think it's safe to say that we are the laughing stock of America. And with you being in Australia, I'm sure you're probably thinking, God damn, why does the U.S. do the things that they do? I just, all, every single country just kind of just questions all of our actions. And sometimes I can be really embarrassed to be an American just because our politicians and the way that certain people act make living in America not enjoyable. But I hope it gets better. I hope people 
become kinder. I definitely think that the U.S. it's a hit or miss with personalities. People can either be incredibly shitty or they can be incredibly nice depending on where you go in the country. And I just hope that we continue to be more progressive. I mean, we, I think we have, but there's still so much more work that needs to be done. It wasn't until May this past year where we had, I think it was May, where we had the killing of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter be, became very big. I mean, it's always been big. Black lives have always mattered. But I think that was a huge wake-up call for America. And it's sad because... This should have never been a big wake-up call at all. We should have always cared about black lives to begin with. And it's sad that one certain event will just trigger a whole country to try and be better. And it should never be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And thanks for sharing your opinion. Um, yeah, Alana, thanks for coming on my podcast. Uh, I do appreciate it. I wish you all the best and success in 2021. And obviously everything that you're doing. I think, as I said earlier, you've got a great trajectory in life. And yeah, I just wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much, Nick. Yeah, it was a pleasure to to be on the show. And thank you so much for having me. It's been fun to just talk a little bit more about my life with you. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, thanks again. Have a great day. Of course. Thank you, you too. Bye.